0: Hi, guys. Welcome to Feathers in My Hair. This is Liz Bentley, and this is my Team Mom podcast. Bear with me. I have to make a new intro and a new outro. I didn't get a chance to do it this week. I'm doing this because we have rebranded our network. This is no longer the Emotionally Broken Psychos Network. We are now Solid Listen, which I think is a much better name. I'm very excited. However... I did not get a chance, as I said, to make a new intro. I honestly don't really want to make a new intro. I think I just want to do it so like the beat plays a little bit and then I just start talking. I don't think I need an intro anymore. Honestly, I made that before I made this podcast. You know, that was like I did that before I even launched this podcast. And I just don't think I need one anymore. I think that when I listen to podcasts, I don't like a long intro. I always fast forward it. So I'm sure people have already fast forwarded and are like, uh, what the fuck? Because they're used to hitting the fast forward button twice. And <laughs> they're a little confused that I'm mid sentence. <laughs> So yeah, I just wanted to play a couple seconds of the intro song so that people wouldn't be alarmed when they turned on this podcast, but I think I want to change that music. I don't love that music. I just picked it because I did. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to see. I'm going to see what happens this week, what I feel, what we feel like going forward. This is still feathers in my hair. Everything is the same, but I'm going to have a new intro outro. I just have to make it. And it actually takes some time. I have to like sit down. I have to figure out how to transition it. It actually took me quite a while to make the original one, but I also at the time had very, very little idea of how to work Audacity, which I know how to do much better now. Uh, If I do do a pre-recorded intro, it would just be like 15 seconds long, not a full minute explaining the whole show. So yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. How are we? Are we doing well this week? I am mildly terrified about coronavirus. Uh, I am not panicking, but I'm mildly terrified. My hands are kind of raw from washing them all day. I just invested in some new Kiehl's hand lotion to really help. And at night, I use, um, if you guys know what this is, it's like, I think it's called Kiefer's. Hold on. Not Kiefer's. It's O'Keefe's. Uh, like hand cream. It's super thick and disgusting feeling, but it works really well. I put that on at night before bed, and I just am a little bit discombobulated. I have prepped some food. I'm calling it, like, it's like doing light hurricane prep, you know, but I've prepped some food. I figure if I don't use it, I'll just donate it to a food bank. I hope to not have to use it, but you never know. My mom works in a fairly large office, and God forbid one person at her work comes in and they get quarantined and I get quarantined, Where my stepdad works in retail, so, you know, God only knows who comes in and out. I work in a very small office, and I feel like I have less of a chance of being exposed, but we'll see. Anyway, this is not a corona podcast. I'm sure all the podcasters are talking so much about it that you don't want to hear it from me, too. Not much is happening this week, except for the terrible news that Teen Mom Young and Pregnant is most likely going to be canceled. I'm upset. (laughs) I'm not happy. I'm really, I'm not, I'm really not happy. Ratings have been terrible. Like I said, they didn't get a reunion. And Ashley, who we all know I count as the patron saint of Teen Mom News. Now, has she been number one with exclusives lately? No, but I do not believe that she posts things that are, like, totally inaccurate. Like, I think that Ashley actually has an understanding of how to run, like, a gossip site and only posts things if she, like, can confirm them or, I don't know. Like, I don't 100% trust everything she says, but I think she only posts things when she has sources actually tell her stuff or if she's just, like, reporting on what is literally on social media. The Ashley says that a decision is coming this week, but it's very unlikely. She also says there's already another show that's being filmed as a replacement, which I'm like, ugh. Okay. I saw some speculation that it was 16 and Pregnant, and 16 and Pregnant is coming back. Now, as you guys know, I'm not really a 16 and Pregnant fan. I do not know if I would recap 16 and Pregnant for this show. Every once in a while is 16 and Pregnant interesting to go back and watch and recap for this show yeah, but I actually think that those are my worst feathers in my hair episodes. They're unless they're about like people, you know, who are now on Teen Mom on the Teen Mom series. I just think that 16 pregnant is hard for me to connect with. I think some of the episodes are like interesting and good, but for me what I like to watch is a long-form story. I think that 16 and Pregnant leaves too many questions. There's, it's just too short of a time. I don't get connected to the storylines and they're often just like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of the same issue that I have, even though I love Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. With recapping Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, it's that like, the reason that I started Feathers in My Hair is because I know so much about the moms on the series and I can talk about them with the, you know, 10 years of history right? Like, I have 10 years of history of most of these moms, and so I can talk about it with that context, but I definitely wouldn't be able to do that for new 16 and pregnant episodes. I mean, would I probably recap it? Like, sure, I would probably recap it. Would I definitely? No, I'm not. I can't commit to that. Um, somebody posted on Reddit that they were casting for a show called First Time Moms, which she got pretty far in the casting prog- progress for. That sounds... Like, it will just be another version of Team Mom Young and Pregnant. And that, I would be more interested in. Uh, I would bet they're calling it First Time Moms to maybe move it away from the franchise. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they're canceling Team Mom Young and Pregnant. I understand that the ratings are low. But I don't really understand the point of canceling the show and then, like, just remaking the show again. Like, maybe just under a new name. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I'm still heated that we never saw Team Mom New Jersey. Truly fuck you, MTV, for that. Give me Team Mom New Jersey. Just give me Team Mom New Jersey. I deserve to see Team Mom New Jersey. We all deserve to see Team Mom New Jersey. So I'd really like them to release that, but I think at this point it's probably too old. Like, they're probably just not going to release it because that was supposed to be on in, what, 2018? It's like... We're two years behind Team Mom New Jersey, and they're just probably never going to give that to us. Oh, oh, I'm just upset, guys. I, in this episode, <laughs> sounds like I'm starting like a 11th grade book report. In this paper, I will. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to talk about the last two episodes of Team Mom Young and Pregnant, and I just would be bummed if these are the last episodes. I thought they were both really good, and they set up for a lot for a new season, like they all have a lot going on in their lives, breakups, moving. Mm, I will. I just will be sad. Um, I have to say, I am laughing at Ashley a little <laughs> because Ashley's little lie about turning down Teen Mom Two so that she could stay on Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. Uh, that little lie backfired in her face. Obviously, <laughs> poor Ashley. <laughs> Jade's still going to have a job and she's not. <laughs> Jade is somewhere cackling, I'm sure. I will be interested to see the longevity of some of these uh, moms. I think that none of them are going to really have a ton of social media longevity. Like, I'm, they'll keep followers because the reality is, once you get a bunch of followers, like, you don't really lose them. Like people will unfollow, but not like in massive amounts. So I'm sure they'll still keep up with their Instagram ads and that type of stuff. But I think they'll just have trouble uh, building their followers and their engagement will go way down. I think I could see Ashley on some sort of like VH. I would like to see Ashley. Ashley should date another rapper, even though I don't watch the show and get on Love and Hip Hop. Um, I think Ashley and her family are really good TV. I think Ashley is fucking beautiful. Like, I just think she's so pretty. When Ashley and Cheyenne were together, I was like, wow, these two are actually, like, very pretty. And the rest of the cast is very not pretty. (laughs) And I'm talking about every single person that's on Teen Mom, OG2 and Young and Pregnant, compared to the two of them. So I would really like to see Ashley on some sort of show. I think that she would be... I think she'd work really well in, like, a a dynamic cast setting. Like, a setting where they all film together. Like, not a... Obviously, like, not the Real Housewives. Like, she wouldn't be on the Real Housewives. But on some sort of, like, Black Ink crew or just some shit like that. Like, I would really like to see that. She can bring Barr along because, let's be real, her and Barr just never going to end things ever no matter how much she says that they're not together like they're going to be doing this shit that they're doing for the rest of their lives can't and i would like to see that um obviously i think the beavers should get some sort of spinoff show as i've called it mal's pals (laughs) give the beavers mal's pals i know the obvious way to have this show would be to call like call it leave it to beaver like Well, they probably couldn't call it that because I'm sure that's trademarked. But, like, Meet the Beavers or something with the Beavers in the title because their last name is... (sighs) I mean, MTV would be remiss not to use Beaver in the last name or in the title of the show because of, obviously, the iconic television show Leave it to Beaver and just how much of a contrast Rachel Beaver and her family are (laughs) compared to... uh, beaver and what was their last name cleaver was his name beaver cleaver no but isn't his mom's name june cleaver i need to look this up hold on oh i guess it was his name was theodora the beaver cleaver okay uh anyway i should i watch the movie pleasantville today <laughs> love that movie pleasantville is such a good movie i think i'm gonna watch that later it's a great idea Anyway, where was I? Oh, so yeah, I think MTV, if they gave the Beavers a show, obviously would use Beaver in the name, even though I'm advocating for Mal's Pals. (laughs) Uh, I'm just so sad. I'm just so sad about Young and Pregnant. I thought they had a really two strong final episodes, and the fact that this will be the last that we see of them is sad. I'm sure the girls are heated, especially, like, the Kales and the Ashleys. I think Brie is probably just like, oh, this sucks. Uh, Brie's going to live, like, a totally normal life. Uh, but I'll be interested in seeing what Ashley and Kayla do next. And how they try and, like, desperately hold on to fame. Like, I think they will. I think for Kaya, I I think Kaya will just, like, go on living a normal life. Uh, I don't think Kaya and her family have made that much of an impact on, like, the Teen Mom audience. I find t- Kaya and Tia's going to be very compelling TV. But I don't think most people care that much about them. Like, I think if they came on last season, maybe, and there was no Rachel Beaver to compare them to, I think people would care more about Kaya. But I also, I think if Carla, uh, Xavion's mom, had been more in the action, we would have cared about them more. But I think because the other new girl, Rachel, was just so popular, I guess, for lack of better words, and so intriguing, and I think that people just didn't care that much about Kaya. So I think Kaya will mostly live a normal life. I think it will be business as usual for Kaya, if you will. Uh, I'm If the Beavers don't get another show, I think, I guess it will just be business as usual for them. I think they will maybe get on, like, some sort of Oxygen show. Like, is that still a channel? Oxygen? Whatever channel that, whatever channel has taken Oxygen's place, if it's not a channel, I think will pick up the slack uh, of MTV Dropping the Beavers. And they'll get them on, you know, Marriage Boot Camp Family Edition, like that type of thing. But then I think eventually they'll fade into obscurity. It's just sad, guys. It's just sad that these girls, like really laid themselves out for MTV and they're not even going to get the big paychecks. Because this is only technically season two. They should really get a season three so that they can get more money. <laughs> they just deserve it. They just deserve it. But yeah, I guess we will go into this week. Well, it's not this week's episode. It's the last two Team Mom Young and Pregnant episodes unless MTV decides to have mercy and bring the show back, but I think that we are pretty much, this is the last time we would be talking about T-Mom Young and Pregnant as far as, as far as what? As far as it pertains to, like, new episodes that I would cover on this show. Where should we start? Did you notice that almost all of the episodes start with Rachel? Like, I write my notes in the order that they appear on screen, and Rachel is almost always at the top (laughs) because... Rachel is really crazy TV. I can't believe they found her. I really can't believe they found her. I think I want to start with Kayla, but let's take a quick break and then we will talk about Kayla. I, I don't know guys, I found Kayla pretty hard to watch in these episodes. I don't know how I want to explain this, but I guess I, well, I guess that's not true because she did let Stefan just, that's bad to say. Stefan was an abuser. She didn't let him treat her anyway. I don't think that's the correct verbiage to use, but she did have a very abusive relationship with Stefan in which she did not stand up to him. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised that she's not standing up to Luke. I think that Kayla has gotten herself involved in a really unhealthy dynamic with Luke but I don't think she can even see it and I don't think she would ever admit to it. But here's my take on the issue with Kayla and Luke and I think a lot of people who get into these situations. So as we all know, Stefan is terrible. Stefan is awful. He's an abuser. He's a terrible dad. I mean, he's not, he's barely a dad, right? He's, when they say sperm donor, like they truly mean Stefan. It's kind of shocking how little, it's not shocking, but it's, It's just sad how little involved he is. I know if we were talking about the worst dads on the show, the easy answer is like Adam Lind, but at least Adam Lind was there for the first five years of Aubrey's life. Stefan just seemingly, I mean, according to Kayla, he hasn't seen, Stefan and Isaiah haven't seen each other since last summer, like since the time we saw it on the show. So that's terrible. Um, I think that Kayla is a person that has extremely low self-esteem, like cripplingly low self-esteem, which is why she was with such an awful person like stefan in the first place i think they were together for a long time and when she finally was able to leave him which took her a long time to do she met luke right away right like she met luke when she was basically still messing with stefan and instantly they're in a relationship instantly they move in together like what within four or five months they were moved in together and then instantly she's pregnant Um, I think that Kayla messed this up from the jump. I think that Kayla should have been single for quite a while. I think that she should have focused on going to school, watching Isaiah, raising Isaiah, and gaining self-confidence and self-esteem. The only, I had a therapist once tell me, and I think this is like such a good line, that the only way to gain self-esteem is is by doing esteemable acts. And for me, that's been really true. Like self-esteem didn't just like, develop out of nowhere for me like I had to do things that made me feel good and made me feel proud of myself and I think that if I had instantly gone from my abusive relationship to a new relationship I'm not sure I would ever gain that I think we also see this dynamic in uh, Chelsea and Cole which I've talked about a lot in which all of her self-esteem comes directly from Cole and that looks good on Chelsea because Cole is so great and they have such a happy relationship, at least from what we can tell, so you don't really question it until she has this, like, crippling anxiety and she can't leave her house, right? So I think Kayla is in a similar situation in that, like, immediately she gets with this new guy and she basically feels like he is the best thing since sliced bread and that Luke is amazing. Instantly, he's playing daddy to Isaiah. They're a happy family. They have a dog. She gets pregnant. We have this future together. Everybody's happy. But I think that Kayla probably still has a lot of self-esteem and self-hatred issues, and I think that Kayla um, has put herself in this position in which Luke holds all the power. I'm not saying I think that relationships should be a power struggle <laughs> like that. I don't. I hope I don't come across uh, as saying that when I'm explaining how I feel about Luke and Kayla. But I think with Isaiah playing daddy. Or excuse me, with Isaiah playing daddy. With Luke playing daddy to Isaiah, his family being so involved with Isaiah, them living together, and now bringing another baby into it, I think that Luke is really the one that Kayla feels like she has to at all times please Luke, and that I think she has major issues standing up to Luke. I think she just has major issues with confrontation in general, so I think that to then get into a relationship with someone that you, like, worship and think they're so fucking amazing and, like really feel like they saved you from an abusive and toxic situation, which is how I think she views Luke. To be in that type of situation without also learning to stick up for yourself just creates, like, this relationship where one person basically holds all the power and can do whatever the fuck they want without any consequences. Um, In this episode, they have moved to Iowa, like, literally two weeks after, less than two weeks after she gives birth, which, as I said last week, as I've been saying, is absolutely crazy. Uh, I 100% believe that she should have stayed with her mom until her mom was ready to move to Iowa. Because in this episode, we find out it's going to be a couple weeks or a month until her mom moves out there. I think that that she's alone in Iowa makes no sense. I think that that was a really bad choice. Basically, she says, like, that she did it because she can't be in a long-distance relationship. <laughs> like, get on FaceTime for a month. Like, I'm not saying they should have been apart forever, and I understand that, like, it's important for Luke to be around his baby, but as we find out, like, Luke isn't even around his baby. When I heard what Luke was doing, I was not pleased. First of all, I want to remind everyone that Luke is 21, because remember, I mean older, because he missed the first ultrasound, not older, but like, probably closer to 22 at this point when it's filming, because he missed the first ultrasound, uh, for, because it was his 21st birthday. And now the baby is, like, a month old. So it, he's almost 22 at this point. Luca's is not an 18-year-old college freshman. Um, Obviously, 21 is still very young. I was very immature at 21. Uh, I'm not saying that, like, he should be some, like, super grown-up because he's 21 years old. But at the same time, like, he's not an 18-year-old college freshman. He's a 21... 21- 21-year-old junior, and the fact that they move to Iowa and Luke immediately is partying every night of the week and goes to a fucking football game, no, no, no. No, no, no. That's, it's so, it's so not right. It's, it's just not right. I would be enraged if I was Kayla, but then at the same time, it's like, I can't help but feel like, well, what the fuck did you expect? (laughs) Like, why did you move with your basketball-playing boyfriend who clearly likes to party and, like, move to Iowa where you have no friends or family? And Thank God your mom is coming, even though you guys acted like you didn't want her there. It's very clear that Jamie is needed there. No wonder Jamie wanted to come because she probably saw this happening and knew that Luke would be being Mr. College and not, like, taking care of his baby we're supposed to believe that Luke is like this savior and he's amazing and he saved Kayla but it's like if you don't have the maturity to understand that you are a new father and you have a literal infant at your home not a one-year-old not a two-year-old not a little step kid although it's not a step kid because they're not married not a toddler that's your girlfriend's baby like no you have an infant that is your child at your house and you're going out until three o'clock in the morning, I would lose my fucking mind. I would lose my mind. So in the first episode, it's basically just about Kayla being like extremely depressed. She's all alone. She's by herself all day long. And she has no help. <laughs> I, It's like I feel bad for her. But at the same time, it's hard to feel bad for her because this is such a situation of her own making. Like, nobody forced her, like I said, nobody forced her to... Forced? I'm not... My speech impediment's coming out. Nobody forced her to immediately get into a relationship with Luke, right? Like, that was an active choice that she made. Nobody forced her to get pregnant. She says she threw up one birth control pill, whatever. She'd barely been dating this guy for six months. Like, maybe they should have been using two forms of birth control. Also, maybe she should have gotten an IUD. Maybe she should have been a little more on top of, like her birth control, and having safe sex, right? So nobody forced her to immediately get pregnant. Nobody forced her to keep the baby because, according to her, abortion wasn't even on the table with this. And then nobody forced her to follow the baby dad to his college. (laughs) So she's in a mess of her own making, so I I do feel bad for her and I have empathy because you guys know I have empathy for everybody and I can't help it. Uh, At the same time, it's kind of like... Well, it's hard not to watch this and think, like, Kayla made her bed and now she has to lie in it. And the fact that she put, like, all her chips in this Luke basket before she could really see, like, what type of man he actually was. And we're supposed to believe that, like, Luke is this incredible, amazing guy. But, like, he has a one-month-old or younger. I th- is Arya even a month old in this episode? Actually, I have a way of figuring it out because it's – well, no, because I don't know. Because it's the next episode that it's Isaiah's birthday. I don't know, but Arya's within one month of being born, right? And Luke isn't mature enough to know that he can't go out partying until three o'clock in the morning. No, that's crazy. Why does he even want to do that? Well, he wants to do it because he's 21. But, you know, all of this, like, Luke is so amazing stuff kind of went out the window in this episode, for me at least. Uh, Kayla's friend Annabelle comes and... Kayla basically talks to her about, Annabelle comes because Kayla was going to be alone all weekend so that Luke could, because he was going to be at a football game. (laughs) Like, Luke is not a normal college, like, he's not a normal college basketball player. Like, he has a family, and he had his family move with him. And I think that he, actually, Kayla's right, because later in the episode, Kayla says, like, they only moved with him because he would have, he knew he would have looked like an asshole if they didn't. And I think that Kayla was accurate with that. So is talking to Annabelle and she's like, I don't have a single friend. I don't have anyone to help me. And I'm just not on the same page as Luke. She's like, when he's fine or when he's home, it's fine. But the reality is he's never home. She's like, I understood he'd be going to class. I understood he'd be going to practice. But I didn't think he'd be going out drinking every single night. <laughs> Ugh. I would already move back if I was her, to be honest. I'm surprised that she was still there. Uh, Annabelle's like, well, what are you going to do? And Kayla's like, well, I want to move back, kind of. But if I do move back, like, we're done. We're not going to be in a long-distance relationship. She says it's hard enough for her to be in a relationship when he's there. But I'm like, what is this bitch talking about? Like, Kayla's been in a relationship, whether it was Stefan or with Luke, for the last, what, Six years, like wasn't she with Stefan for a long time? I didn't really understand what she meant by that. That it's hard for her to be in a committed relationship because I feel like she's that girl that like always has a boyfriend. Um, And I do understand her not wanting to do long distance, but I think this also shows a lack of maturity on Kayla's part. Well, this this one thing, not like the eight things that I listed that she's done wrong. This one little thing shows lack of maturity on Kayla's part. But I do. I think it shows lack of maturity on Kayla's part that she can't recognize that, like, maybe I should just go home. Maybe I should just move home for a while and figure this out. And Luke and I can figure it out. And it doesn't mean that we have to break up, but, like, we can at least try long distance. The fact that it doesn't even seem to be on the table for her and, like, her only options that she's allowed herself are, like, stay here and live with Luke and basically let him do whatever the fuck he wants or move home and not be with him anymore. I I was like, okay, okay. Um so Luke comes back from the basketball or baseball, basketball, baseball, the football game, and I guess Annabelle's left and she wants to focus on staying together, but she needs to have a talk with him. So she has a talk with him and I wonder if this is a recreated for MTV scene, right? Like, it has to be a recreated for MTV scene because it's just so... I don't know. It's just so emotionless. Like, if this is a real scene, like, I am unsoothed by the two of them. And I do not think this is going to work (laughs) in the long term. So, Kayla says that she was excited to move with him because she wanted a fresh start. And I was like, what? What? That Like, how out of touch with reality can you be that you think moving with your two-year-old and your infant baby to your boyfriend's college town where he's going to be on the basketball team and a college student is going to be a fresh start for you? Also, like, how are they going to make money (laughs) when the Teen Mom Young and Pregnant is canceled? Oh, God. I mean, I guess she'll still be making money on social media. I think that Kayla's probably one of the higher earners out of the Team Mom, Young, and Pregnant cast. I would say Kayla and Ashley. Uh, Kayla does a lot of con from what I can tell. Like, a lot of She's She seems to be hustling a little bit, so she's probably doing well with that, but that will fall off quick. And it can't be, like, that much. Actually, I have no idea how much it could be, so I take that back. Luke is so unemotional in this. He's like, she's like, you can't be out every night. He's like, it's just this week. What are you even talking about? And she's like, yeah, I'm talking about this week. Like this first week that we've been living in Iowa, you've been out till 3 a.m. He's like, that's not a big deal. (laughs) She tells him he's lonely and bored and that she didn't realize how hard it would be. And he goes, it's not that serious. I would lose my fucking mind. Like, this is when I was like, wow, Luke's an asshole. Like, even if this is a recreated conversation, like, okay, so let's just, like, give Luke the benefit of the doubt here, right? And pretend, like, we are understanding that he just fucked up. And, like, he didn't really realize how hard it would be for Kayla and that staying out till 3 in the morning. He realizes, like, that's fucked up. But for him to be like, it's not that serious. It's just this week and not be like... Oh, shit, you're right. Like, you feel lonely? I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. That's awful. You're right. You're home with these kids all day. Like, you're right. Like, it is hard for me. And for him not to be like, you know, I feel awful, but I am trying really hard to, like, balance being a normal college student with also being a dad. And I thought that I could kind of have it both ways, but I can't. And I realize I need to put being a dad first, like that that didn't even seem to cross his mind at all. To me, just shows like, oh, Luke's actually like a not a very great person. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's too bold to assume, but people fuck up and I understand that. And I think a big testament of like, you know, how you handle the fuck up is how you handle the handle the apology and just his complete lack of empathy or understanding for what Kayla was telling him was just really concerning to me. I was I was disturbed by it. Luke goes, it's only been a week. And Kayla's like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> like, we've been here for one week and you're already not, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're trying to act like a normal college student, but you're not. But at the same time, this is so non-confrontational because Kayla isn't saying, like, you are being a bad dad and partner. I need you to be at home. Like, she's not being assertive in any way. She's just, like, she's putting it all in the, like, well, I'm lonely and I'm having a hard time. And, like, I'm upset when you're out. But, like, there's just something so non-assertive about it to me. And Luke, Luke's response is just, like, so what are you going to do? <laughs> He's like, you going to move home? <laughs> that's it he doesn't even seem upset he doesn't even seem upset Kayla brings up that she feels like Luke felt obligated to ask her to come with him she's like because what were you going to do leave your pregnant girlfriend or your new baby at home which yeah and Kayla feels like she loses if she goes because then she loses Luke but if she stays she's lonely and miserable and that's what I mean by a mess of your own making where you're miserable no matter what you do like that's when you fucked up (laughs) Obviously, there are exceptions to every rule, but in my opinion, like, if no matter what you do, you're going to be miserable, like, that's you fucking up. That's you sitting in a mess of your own making. And Luke's only response is to, like, give it some more time. He's like, well, could you try and give it more time? That's it. That's all. No reassuring her. No comforting her. No apologizing. Ugh. I would be out of there after that conversation. And I hope that it only looks like that because we saw the second conversation and the first conversation was off camera. But I personally am not so sure. So I will say something that I find very annoying about this show is in the second episode, we just get a brief voiceover that are like, things are okay with Luke. (laughs) I think it's probably extra annoying because I watched them back to back. So I was like real heated coming up off the first episode. And then it's like, well, things are okay with Luke. And I'm like, what? How? How could they be okay with Luke? This is a problem of Teen Mom in which they present these very interesting storylines. Like, to me, it's very interesting what Luke and Kayla are going through. And then the next episode, they want to focus on something else. So we just get, like, a brief voiceover and then just all pretend it never happened. Because... The focus of this episode is that it's Isaiah's second birthday and they're going to go to Illinois for a party. Uh, We get a scene of Stefan talking to Madison about how he hasn't seen uh, Isaiah since he moved and he hasn't talked to Kayla and he's not going to be the one to reach out to Kayla. And you can tell Madison is a little bit like, "Mm, (laughs) Why not? Madison, I think, is shitty, but I think she also has an understanding of how crazy Stefan comes off on camera that he doesn't seem to have. That's because Kayla's like, Madison's so different in person and she talks shit on me. And I can believe that, but I guess Madison just understands that like talking shit on her on camera doesn't help. (laughs) Madison tells Stefan to reach out to Kayla. So he does. He does. And we find out that he texts her and Kayla re- goes to read the text to Luke and basically Stefan's like, oh, so you moved? And Kayla's like, yes, we moved. You know that. And Stefan says, I've tried my best, but I have way more shit on my plate than you. I work, but it's whatever. It shouldn't even matter to you. Now, I think what he's implying here is that Kayla makes a lot of money on social media and... Some probably more money than him from the show, and that's why he's basically saying like I have way more shit on my plate. Basically, you are making a ton of money, and I'm not. That would be my guess. If there was a broken fourth wall, that would be like what Stefan is saying, kind of like how Joe talked about Kale making so much money on social media. I think it's like that, but I'm also not sure because Stefan doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't know what you mean. Ah, Siri just went off. Sorry if you heard her. That really actually kind of scared me. <laughs> oh, gosh. This is, I'm a mess. I can't believe people listen to this. Anyway, Luke interrupts her and is like, I don't want to hear about this. I can't listen to this. And he's like, if you want Stefan to see Isaiah, like, that's your business. I understand. But I can't be part of this. I don't ever want to hear about him ever again. Which, okay. Okay. He also says that Stefan is dead to him. And Caleb, which actually made me laugh, was like, well, I didn't even read you the bad part. And then I was like, well, read us the bad part. Flash that shit up on the screen. I want to see every bad thing that Stefan said. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Luke saying that Stefan is dead to him. Um, Luke doesn't get to make that choice, you know? Like, Luke does not have the choice of saying that the baby father is dead to him because that's the baby's father and while it is his business because you know he's in a relationship with Kayla he's the one that's helping her raise Isaiah I guess <laughs> not according to what we saw last week but according to what they say on the show he's the one that's helping her raise Isaiah he's the one that's there he's been doing it now for like a year and Stefan is never around he has tried to be cordial with Stefan Stefan he's tried to help Stefan see him blah 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 I understand the sentiment behind what Luke is saying, but you don't get to say that the child's father is dead to you because he's not dead and he's he's still alive and that's Zay's father and they can't change that. I mean, I guess they could get married and convince Stefan to sign over his rights. I think Stefan probably would to give up child support. You know, like I think that out of almost anybody on this show Kayla probably has the best chance of getting her baby's dad to sign over a right the rights to him to a stepchild I think Luke would be a fucking lunatic for taking that on and it doesn't seem to be on their radar like they don't I haven't heard them talk about marriage at all so I don't think that's something that is in the works but I'm saying it would be possible But until that happens, you don't get to say that you're not dealing with Stefan anymore. You don't want to hear about him anymore. You're not part of this anymore because when you signed up to be with Kayla, like, you agreed to hear about Stefan and you agreed to deal with Stefan. Now, I think that if it's really a toxic situation, obviously, like, things change. Like, I'm not saying that, like, if you are in a relationship with someone and their ex is the parent of their child and they're being abusive towards you that you should have to like sit and take that. Like absolutely not. And I think that Luke is right that like there's no point in reaching out to Stefan all the time because it's just going to be confusing to say and Stefan clearly doesn't want anything to do with Isaiah. He can talk all he wants about wanting to be in Isaiah's life, but he clearly does not want to be in Isaiah's life. So I understand where Luke is coming from, and I totally understand the emotion behind it. But I hope that he was just saying that out of emotion, and he doesn't, like, kind of shut down. What I'm saying is I'm worried that he's shutting down Kayla talking to him about Stefan. And I don't think that would be healthy. I hope that he is still willing to listen to Kayla talk about Stefan. Does that make sense? That's where I am. And then it's Isaiah's birthday party. They don't even tell Stefan that it's in town. Which, like... Why should they? Seven is truly just the worst, and I can't believe that we didn't get to hear the bad texts that he sent. And I'm mad at MTV for that. Okay, let's go from Kayla to Kaya, shall we? I was thrilled in this episode to find that uh, Tiaza had moved out and had moved in with her cousin, and God, I could not have been more happy. Unfortunately, though, IRL in real time, they are back together which is upsetting. I kind of found this hard to watch from both ends. I found Kaya very sad and relatable, and I remember being in such a toxic relationship and, like, basically begging the person not to leave me, but at the same time, like, I felt so bad for Tiaza, who... I can't help it. Tiaza looks like she's 12, and she sounds like she's 12, So, when I am watching Tiaza, I feel like I'm watching a 12-year-old, like, acting out these adult scenes, and it makes it, like, makes me very sympathetic towards her. (laughs) Like, very, very sympathetic. So, Tiaza goes to get milkshake with a friend. Oh, wait. Did she move out? Oh, sorry, sorry. I got ahead of myself. In the first episode I watched, she did not move out yet, but basically, like, is on the verge of moving out. And... Tiffany is, like, at her wits end. Like, she is done with this. Like, she is so done. Like, she could not, she, <laughs> I really feel for Tiffany. But once again, I only feel so bad for her because it's, like, you're letting this girl live in your house. Like, you don't need to let T.A.s live in your house. Uh, also, they really have bad car seat safety with Amor. Like, really, really bad. His chest clip was, like, literally at his belly when they were driving. I was like, uh-oh. Oh, Tiffany just is, like, desperate for them to break up, which I feel like is the first time we've heard her say, like, you two should break up, like, bluntly. Because, you know, as anybody that's dealing with, like, toxic people in a toxic relationship, it's not always the best to be like, I think you should break up. Because then they don't break up, and then you're on record saying they should break up, and it's just a whole thing. So, Tiffany takes them out for food, and they both are just refusing to eat, <laughs> Kaya has her head down at the table crying. <laughs> oh, it was such a mess. And Tiffany was like, "This has to end." Basically, and Tiaza is shutting down and refusing to talk. And Tiffany is like, "Tiaza, you need to open your mouth and talk and stand up for yourself." And Teesa is like, "I've tried and I'm done." Kaya is like begging, like, "You haven't tried. We haven't tried. You haven't tried." And Tiffany is like, "Kaya, let her." Go Like, you have to let her go. And they go outside because they're causing, like, an incredible scene. And Kaya's just, like, sobbing, begging Tiaza not to leave her. Kaya's like, it's just little stuff. It's just little stuff. And Tiaza's like, I am fucking miserable and I cannot be with you. I was so proud of Tiaza in this episode. I thought, I mean, watching it pretending like they weren't back together, I was very proud of Tiaza. (laughs) knowing that they're back together made me a little less proud of her, I'll be honest. But watching this and pretending like they actually broke up for good, I was so proud of Tiaza for, like, actually pulling the plug. Because I know how hard it is. And she really did it. And I thought that was great. is like, I don't want to work on this. <laughs> like, Kaya keeps insisting that it's little stuff and they just have to work on it and they haven't tried. And Tiaza's like, but I don't want to do that. And that right there is why you should break up. Like, Tiaza said it perfectly. I don't want to work on this anymore. And when you don't want to work on it anymore, like, you're done. You're not together. So in the second episode is when we find out Tiaza has moved out and moves in with her cousin. And Kaya is just, like, a mess. And (laughs) poor Tiffany is like, Kaya, you have to get control of your emotions. I think uh, Kaya has some real mental health, emotional... Issues going on. I wouldn't be surprised if she has a lot of trauma in her past. Basically, what I'm saying is like her emotions reminded me a lot of my emotions and behavior before I got my PTSD treated. In that, like, I had no control or regulation over how I was feeling at any time. And I remember once my dad said to me, "Like, I just need to control my feelings," and I was like, "I can't control how I feel." Like, lost my mind. And like, I still. Can't control, like, you can't control how you feel. But, um, because I did like EMDR therapy and I did a lot of work on myself, I no longer have, um, like my unregulated emotions from PTSD. And I used to like go from like normal to just like completely spun out of control emotionally, like within one second. And I don't have that anymore. And, like, I still obviously get upset and, like, I have feelings and I get sad or angry. But I don't go from, like, zero to a thousand anymore, which is how I used to act. And, like, I, what I'm saying is, like, I very much see myself in Kaya. And, like, we really don't know a lot about Kaya's past at all. Like, we know her dad died. But we really don't know a lot of details about her life and, like, if she has trauma and all of that stuff. But I would bet that she has trauma in her past because it, it just... This, like, completely unregulated, um, like, terrified of being abandoned, like, this need to be in this codependent toxic situation, like, completely unwilling to let Tiaza go. Uh, I see it, and it, it, it makes, it's a hard to watch because it's so much how I used to act and so much how I used to feel, and I can so deeply relate to it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people who are watching can. I think that in these episodes, these two episodes, Kaya definitely kind of comes off as the one in the wrong in the villain because we as viewers can all see, like, clearly how fucking toxic and bad the relationship is. And Tieza basically just, like, begging to be able to break up with Kaya. Like, of course, Tieza is in the right here. But I think what is going on with Kaya is that she's just acting from such a place of, like, a terrified of being abandoned. Like, not just fear of being abandoned, but, like, complete overwhelming like just completely a completely overwhelming fear of being abandoned not just like oh I don't want to be single but like I will die if you walk away from me I really think that's how she's feeling and I just feel so bad for her I know exactly how she feels and she really needs to get help basically because I highly doubt her and Tisa are now at like some healthy place (laughs) I just don't think it's possible that they are, unless Kaya, like, went and got serious help for whatever is going on with her, and Tiaza also got help for what is going on for her. Like, the couples counseling, at least, I think is probably pretty worthless for them, because they have such issues, like, independent issues, that they both need to be in their own therapy and working on their own shit, and that's the only way they'll be able to be together in a healthy relationship, and I would be pretty shocked if that happened, So, Tiffany is, like, fully on, like, I don't want you to be together. (laughs) Tiffany's like, I don't want you to get back together. Even though I love Tiaza, I just, I can't deal with you two anymore. (laughs) Oh, God. So, poor Tiaza, though, does say to her friend that, like, she really is attached to him more and loves him, like, her son that she gave birth to. And her friend was like, well, yeah. (laughs) I think everybody, including me, is like, that's why you don't get attached to children that are not yours. Uh, I think that's probably part of the reason that they didn't break up or have a clean break or a long breakup is because of more And that is sad for me, too, because that's not Taze's child. And she should not keep herself in a toxic relationship just to be connected to a baby that she has no rights to. Those are just the facts, right? Those are just the facts. So, Kaya and Tiaza meet up in a park, <laughs> which is sad, because Kaya's just, like, begging Tiaza to take her back in the middle of a public park. Kaya is upset. She's crying, and she's like, we didn't work on it, we didn't work on it, we didn't work on it. And I also can relate to this feeling where you feel like you understand what's wrong, and if you two can just fix that, then everything will be fine. But really, what's wrong is, like, so much bigger and crazier than what you're willing to admit, and Tiaza is really well-spoken and really sticks up for herself and, like, so clearly lays out the issue. Tiaza's like, we, all we do is scream at each other, we're unhappy, and I am just done. And Kaya says the reason they haven't been able to fix things is because they're children. <laughs> that was, like... <laughs> Because we can't fix things because we're children has to be the realest and saddest thing I've ever heard on Teen Mom. I know sometimes they'll be like, I'm just a kid myself when they're talking about raising the babies. Like, they definitely have said that. But something about that, it was like how the self-awareness, like, jumped through the screen. (laughs) Tiaza says that their relationship is toxic and it can't be fixed because it's toxic. And I was like, yes, Tiaza yes, Tiaza, you are correct. And Kaya's like, well, that's a lie because I've been in your place and I felt unhappy and I stayed and fixed things. And I was like, oh God, Kyle, <laughs> that's not a good argument. <laughs> Tiaza's like, I don't, you can tell Tiaza's like just so not into anything Kaya's saying. And Kaya's like, you can't just say it's toxic and you run. And Tiaza's like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that this is unhealthy and it's making me depressed. And if it's making me depressed, then we shouldn't be together. (laughs) Poor little Tiaza. Oh, my little 12 year old that I just want to rock in my arms. She's so right. And Kaya's like, um, she's almost like a, like a Like, trapped, like a trapped animal, like, just like clawing at anything. Like, I can physically imagine Kaya just like pushed into the corner and like she's like physically trying to fight like her way to stay in this relationship. Like, if she could like claw Tia's face and be like, You have to stay with me, like, I think she would. I don't mean that in like a domestic violence way. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but. Just, like, you can tell emotionally she feels so fucking spun out of control. And she's, like, so desperate to get Tiaza to admit that they need to be together. And Tiaza won't do that because she does not want to be with her. And that's the end. That's where we leave Kaya and Tiaza. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Although I do think that if it comes back that I would probably find them exhausting if they're back together oh another thing that would suck is that they have not started filming obviously because it's probably getting canceled so if they do come back uh the gap between seasons is going to be so long like that's a lot of time I like this shit to be filmed like as soon as one season ends they maybe get a month off and then we're filming again um this is kind of how they used to film I guess in early seasons so it wouldn't be too crazy but I think they stopped filming this in, like, August or September, right? And obviously, as we all know, it's March. And I would be upset if we, like, took nine months off. I mean, I guess it'd be better than no show. But that's a lot of missed time. We wouldn't see Kai and Tiaza getting back together. We would just pick up, put them back together, and see where they are now. I can't believe MTV is robbing this, like, robbing me of the ability to see all this. It's really, it's not right. It's truly, it's not right. Okay, let's go, let's go to Brie. Yeah, let's talk about Bray. So we find out that she's still not talking about, talking about, talking to Vanessa, but she finds out some things about Jaden that are suspicious. Basically, she goes to lunch with her friend and tells her friend that Jaden only broke up with his ex-girlfriend two weeks before he moved to Oregon or started talking to Brianna. I couldn't tell if it was, like, two weeks before they we started talking or two weeks before he moved, but I also think he moved, like, one day into them talking, so probably both. <laughs> Bree is mad about it. She's fighting with him because he only talks to her when Brie isn't around. It seems really shady, and she's like, I just don't trust it. Like, I don't trust him. I don't trust it. And her friend agrees, like, exes should never be in the picture, which I don't agree with necessarily. I don't think that that is a very healthy boundary to have. Like, you can never talk to your ex no matter what. But I actually do agree with Brie here that it's shady as shit. Like, if you got out of a serious long-term relationship, like, two weeks before we started talking and before you moved into my home, like, I would want to know that because that tells me a lot. I don't need to know every detail of your past. And your exes and your past relationships. Like I don't I don't need to know and honestly I don't care to know. Like it's just, it's just, I just don't need to know that. But I would need to know if you're like fresh off a breakup. Like fresh off a breakup. Because I don't have any interest in dating someone that's two weeks single off of a long term relationship. Like I'm not interested in you being your rebound. I'm not interested in like nursing you through a breakup. Like no. Mm-mm, I'm too old for that. but Bree is not too old for that, which is why she's in this situation. Um, also, like if you are talking to your ex at, when I leave the house when I'm not around, like yeah, I agree. that's shady. like it's one thing if you and your ex are just friends and like occasionally you talk or whatever. but it's clear that Jaden is in the wrong here. At least like from what we see, on TV. Although remember, as I mentioned every week that we talk about this, like after they broke up, Brie sent Jaden like really, really transphobic texts calling him a bitch and using his dead name and saying you're acting like a girl. So is Brie in the right? (laughs) From what we see on TV, sure, but I think that we're getting a positive, a Brie positive spin on this, you know? Um, so after her, oh, her friend thinks that exes shouldn't, oh, her friend was like, I agree with your sister <laughs> that he's shady. <laughs> we get a quick scene of Brie and Jaden standing in the kitchen and Brayson calls Jaden daddy. <laughs> like, what the fuck, Bree? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I, like, gasped. When that happened, I was like, excuse me? (laughs) Where the fuck did that come from? How long has Jaden been here? I mean, I have no sense of time on this show because time is like just an illusion in Team Mom world. But from what I feel like Jaden's been there for one month, Max, and Brayson is calling her calling him daddy, and she's not correcting him. Like, what are you doing, Bray? Bree wasn't like, that's not your dad. <laughs> or, like, nicely, like, that's Jaden, not Daddy. Brie already knew she wanted to break up with him and wasn't correcting Brayson. Like, she's out of her mind. She's true, Brie's truly out of her mind. She's terrible in relationships, and she wants everybody to just baby her and enable her, and she gets mad when they don't, and, oh, that girl needs, I hope she's still seeing that therapist. <laughs> Uh, So Bree says that she wants to make Jaden choose between her and his ex-girlfriend, which I don't think is a good way to put it. Like, that's not how the fight should go. (laughs) I don't know. I think the right way to do it is to be like, I feel really disrespected by the way that you lied to me about being with your your ex-girlfriend. And I just really don't feel comfortable with you talking to her. And I would hope that you would have enough respect for me to respect that boundary. Well, I don't know. It's basically what I would present would be the same thing. Mirror her. You know, like TikTok. Mirror her, bitch. God, I should, let me never do a TikTok meme again on here. Okay. Um, There's a way to say it's mirror her without being like, it's mirror her. (laughs) And I have a feeling Brie was like, it's mirror her. So they sit down to talk about it and Jaden, you can tell, is like, done with this situation like i think Jaden thought he would come out he would get to live in oregon where pot is legal he would smoke pot all the time this girl that was on tv would take care of him he'd probably get paid to be on mtv and like it'd be fun and then i think he realized he probably didn't like brianna he missed his ex he just wasn't into this arrangement you know what's the saying marrying marry for money and you'll work every day of your life It's not it's that's a little clunky, but that's essentially like what the the meaning of it is like being with someone for money is not is not easy. (laughs) It's not an easy job like you have to work for it for most people. And I think Jaden realized that and was no longer willing to put in the work. Jaden says, I didn't do anything wrong. So what you're mad about seems dumb to me. What? Bree's like, yeah, well, I'm upset because I don't like the way that you talk to her. And Jaden's like, that seems dumb to me. (laughs) I think what he's trying to say is that... (laughs) Sorry. I think what he's trying to say is, like, I know that I'm not doing anything wrong. So it's hard for me to empathize with how upset you are. Because it seems real, really out of proportion for what the reality of the situation is. But I guess he doesn't have those words. So his words are, I know the truth, so you seem dumb. <laughs> I would lose my fucking mind if somebody spoke to me that way when I was mad at them. If they were like, that seems dumb. Oh my god, I would lose it. I would lose it. And Bree says that he's making her look stupid. And Jaden's like, but I'm not doing anything. And Jaden's like, well, I would never ask anybody to, like, just totally stop talking to their ex. And Brie is like, well, I don't really care. And in a truly shocking twist of events, Brie and Jaden break up. <laughs> and Jaden goes home. And we find out that he moved in with his ex-girlfriend the day he got home. <laughs> I think they're getting married now. <laughs> By the way, there are two Jadens on this show right now. Should we all just notice that? And surprisingly, boy Jaden spells it J-A-Y-D-E-N and girl Jaden spells it J-A-D-E-N. And I think it would be opposite. But, I don't know, how does Britney Spears' son Jaden spell his name? God, remember when everyone was Jaden? Thank God that name has gone out. Okay, so Jessica is relieved. (laughs) She's like, thank God. God. And Bree's like, I just think he had some immaturity issues. And Jessica's like, no shit. Uh, Brie is, or Jessica is kind of like, I don't know, she's not like being an asshole to her, but she's also not babying her. And she's like, well, you need to make better choices. And I understand that that's hard to hear when you're upset. And I... I definitely have been there with Brie where you're just like, can you shut the fuck up with criticizing me and just be nice to me? She's like, this is what you and Vanessa always do. Instead of being nice to me, you just criticize me more. But at the same time, it's like, no, because you're making really bad choices. And after you make these bad choices, I'm not going to coddle you and act like you're the one that's been victimized and you're the one that's been wronged when like this is all, as I said earlier, a mess of your own making. So, Brie just feels stupid. Uh, She goes up to meet with another friend. And I was like, I guess Brie has, like, a lot of friends all of a sudden. Suddenly, she has friends to film with. And he moves home. Brie tells her friend that, uh, oh, Brie tells her friend that she gave him money. And that she bought him stuff. And her friend is literally like, bitch, what the fuck? Like, literally says that. She's like, why did you do that? And Brie's like, well, because I'm an idiot. (laughs) Uh, And guess what? Brie doesn't learn her lesson because in the next episode, Milo comes, who is now going by Dan, as I said. This is her ex who on the show went by his dead name, Danae, and at this time was going by the name Milo and is now going by the name Dan. But we will call him Milo for the sake of... The time because that's what he was going by when he was on this show. So Brie lets us know Milo's coming to visit. He apologized for everything before, and he's just gonna come out to visit as friends. <laughs> because that seems believable. Uh Milo's voice has really changed. I was really I don't know, I was interested to see Milo. Uh he definitely looks different. Like he had his top surgery, he's been on testosterone for like a year. I think on social media he relieved that he has bipolar disorder and now is being medicated for it, which is great. I'm glad to hear that. I don't know if he was at the time because I think he just posted about this, but I thought he seemed a lot calmer than he used to, like a lot calmer, a lot more comfortable with himself. I was definitely happy to see the progress that he had made. I mean, it wasn't shocking. His physical appearance wasn't shocking because I see pictures of him on social media, but just his overall demeanor, because I don't watch the videos he posts, because I don't, I rarely watch anybody's videos, um, to be honest. <laughs> just rarely watch, unless it's just me scrolling through TikTok for six hours. I just don't watch videos on Instagram that often. I, like, click through. So, just his whole demeanor was, like, pretty great to see. Uh, Brie reveals, she goes, she sits down with Jess, <laughs> and she's like, Um, Danae's going by Milo, and Milo's coming to visit. And Jessica's like, excuse me? She was like, what? (laughs) She's like, I had no idea that you and Milo were even talking. And Bree's like, well, we are, but just as friends. And Jessica's like, that doesn't sound realistic. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Jessica goes, we're still dealing with the Jaden fallout. (laughs) And in that moment... I was Jessica. (laughs) Look, Jessica's a lot of issues, but I relate a lot with Jessica. I feel very similar to Jessica in a lot of ways. I think we see things very similarly. So Jessica just is like, I don't want anything to do with this. Milo comes. He's saying at like a cute little Airbnb, I wonder if MTV paid to fly him out there because if I was MTV, I would have paid to fly him out there. He got that Bean special, right? I don't think I watched that. Was that online or was it on TV? It must have been on TV. I don't know. But MTV clearly paid to fly him out there. Which, like, if I was MTV, I'd be like, what do you want, Milo? Like, you come on down. We'll get you a sick Airbnb. And Bree goes to visit him with Brayson. And it's awkward at first, but you can tell, like, that immediately this is, like, not just going to be a friend thing. Uh, one of my thoughts was when Milo was, like, looking at the babies, like, wow, like, it's hard to even, like, put that together with the little baby that I knew. I was like, I could not believe that they named that fucking baby Brayson after both of them. Because if you guys will remember, it was B-R for Brianna, A-E for Danae, <laughs> and son for their son, <laughs> I cannot believe that. Like, I cannot believe she's a little baby named Brayson after her ex-boyfriend. Like, Brie is a mess. Also, do you remember that episode of 16 and Pregnant with Cody and Brooke and they named their baby Brody? Brooke and Cody. <laughs> and they lived in that barn. They bought a barn to live in. I wonder how they're doing. I think they're divorced. I think they got married. See, I do like some 16 and Pregnant. So I remember liking that episode. Maybe I'll rewatch that episode for... Feathers in my hair. um. So Milo says that he wants to apologize for to Jessica for everything that happened, which I thought was good. I will say Milo, like, came off well in this episode to me. Like, he gave off very mature vibes, in my opinion. Like, he was calm, cool, and collected. He seemed to have a good understanding of what he had done wrong from what we saw. He seemed to really want to make genuine amends. And I liked him. He seemed very different from... The person that we saw on TV in season one. So basically, Brie spends like a day and a half with him and just like can't believe how well they're getting on. But like I can. Like, what's better than like you break up with a shitty boyfriend and then you and your ex fuck? Like, that's the best. Cause you're like, oh yeah, we have great sex. <laughs> like, this is why we were together for eight years or however long they were together. Like Yes, I love this. This is great because, like, you're in this fantasy world where he just comes and visits you and you guys have sex and there's nothing wrong. And then, like, real life hits you and you're like, oh, yeah, I can't fucking stand you. That's why we broke up because I'm pretty sure that's what happens with Milo and Bree. Um, I can't remember. Like, I don't know if we know, like, what went down that they didn't, like, ultimately get back together and Milo didn't move out to Oregon. <laughs> Milo wasn't the third guy moving out to Oregon. <laughs> Uh, so they all go out to dinner, Vanessa, Jessica, Milo, and Brie. And Jessica and Vanessa are like, we had no idea that the two of you were talking. We feel really hesitant and weird about this. Um, Vanessa says she's worried if they're even talking about getting back together. And Jessica agrees. And Milo admits that they're talking, but it's not that serious. And Brie's like, you know, we're just like seeing where it's going. And it's like, no, you're not, Bree." <laughs> You have never in your life done that. And Milo apologizes. He makes, like, a nice apology to Jess, which I thought was nice. Like, as soon as they sit down, Milo apologizes, and I thought that was the way to handle it. And I want to say, like, oh, Brie also said, like, you guys, I told both of you that we were talking and seeing where it was going, and Jessica's like, no, you didn't. I just want to say on record that Bree's a liar. Like, I don't know if we've talked about this or if I've realized this, but Bree's a little liar. Um, I understand keeping things private and not sharing them with your mom and your sister, especially when you kind of know you're doing wrong and you know that they let you know when you're doing wrong and they can be a little judgmental. Like, I'm not saying that, but I have noticed that Brie will, like, like, bend the truth to her mom and her sister and be like, well, I told you this. And they are often like, no, you didn't. (laughs) So if Teen Mom Young and Pregnant comes back, Which I don't think it will. And if Brie is back, which as we all know, I've publicly been calling for her to be fired for next season. Then we all need to keep an eye on Brie being a liar. (laughs) Let's all keep keep eyes on Brie lying. Except we probably never will because that was RIP Brie. That's the end of it, I think. Ashley and Barr are such a mess. And it almost feels silly talking about them fighting because you know they're always going to make up and then get back together and then fight, and then make up, and then fight, and then make up. But basically, Bart is refusing to watch Holly while Ashley goes to LA, and so she decides to bring Holly with her, which, like, honestly, I have to say that I I totally agree with everything Ashley is doing here. I mean, was it great that Holly met Brizo, a guy that she, you know, dated for one minute? Like, no, of course not. But... If bar is going to cancel on her so that she can't go meet anybody, like, then this is what happens. <laughs> like, there's no reason Holly should have been meeting him because Holly should have been with her father, who had agreed to watch her. Ugh, God. So, she does say something weird. She's like, any dude I deal with isn't blinging twice if my daughter comes along with me. And I'm like, really? I mean, it's good that you're dating people who don't mind that you have a kid, But, like, if I'm a dude dealing with you and it's only been, you know, a little bit of time and you bring your daughter along with you for a whole weekend, I think I'd be blinking twice at that. (laughs) They had an agreement in place, Holly and Barr, Holly and Barr, Ashley and Barr had an agreement in place that they would not meet, like, Holly wouldn't meet each other's significant others until they're ready. But, as Ashley says, like, Barr isn't holding up his end of the bargain. Like, the way that that works is that... He watches Holly when I'm with my dudes and I watch Holly while she's, while he's with his girls. Like, I totally get what Ashley's saying here. I don't think, like, in the end it was maybe the best thing for her to do and she definitely shouldn't have put it on social media because I think that she only does that to make Barr act up. But Barr is the one that puts himself in these situations. She's only in this situation because Barr is so fucking immature, um, so Ashley goes to LA and before she meets up with Brizo, she meets up with Cheyenne. Now, I actually like watching Cheyenne and Ashley together. Like I thought that was a cute little scene, but she wants co-parenting advice from Ashley or from Cheyenne, which just seems crazy to me because Cheyenne and Corey's relationship is so fucking different from Barn Ashley's relationship. It's not even on the same it, like it can't be part of the co- same conversation. First of all, Cheyenne and Corey were never together. Like, they were never in a relationship. They also don't have, like, five years of family drama with them. They also don't have, like, this sick codependency going on. They all, it's just, it's so different. It's so, so, so different. It doesn't make any sense that, like, Cheyenne, like, Cheyenne has nothing to offer Ashley when it comes to co-parenting advice because the situation is so different and also, like, I mean, Corey's kind of the worst. I totally believe those rumors that he's cheating on Taylor. Like, there have been long-standing rumors that he's been cheating on Taylor this whole pregnancy. And I totally believe that to be true. I don't think Corey's some, like, beacon of maturity. But I think when it comes to Barr, like, Corey can't even be in the same conversation as Barr. You know? Like, (laughs) there's truly no... They are so, so, so different. Um, I, like, it or, you know, Corey at least has stepped up and is a full-time father, which I don't think Barr is. I think Ashley's totally right that Barr is only a dad if Ashley is, like, making him be a dad, basically. If Ashley is the one that's facilitating him being a dad. And I don't think that that's true for Corey at all. So, yeah, I don't think it's – I don't – I just don't think it makes sense to compare the two of them and what they're dealing with. Also, I don't think Corey and Cheyenne are that much older than Barr and Ashley. I think they're only two or three years older, but they seem 10 years older. Like, if you told me that Barr and Ashley were 16 and Corey and Cheyenne were 28, I'd be like, okay, that tracks. Actually, it is possible that Corey is 28 years old. I'm actually not sure how old they are. I think Cheyenne's 26. Um, Okay, but uh, Ashley is like 22 or 23, So it's not like she's 16, but they just seem so, so, so different. And everything about Cheyenne and Corey, even though I think that their co related I think their co-parenting relationship has always been falsely held up, and we're supposed to believe it's like so amazing and great, at least from what we've seen so far. I'll be interested to see how they deal with the Taylor being pregnant stuff this season. It seems like they're handling it pretty well. So I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But I always thought, like, they were too involved with one another and there weren't enough boundaries. So I would be interested to see how it keeps playing out. And they've always kind of been, like, felt, like, falsely held up as, like, co-parenting goals when I don't really see it happening. So we find out, of course, the bar is mad. And, of course, he went to social media talking tons of shit on Ashley because why wouldn't he do that? He talks to his friend and... He's like, she thinks that I don't take the baby because I want to be petty, but you show me a baby daddy who would take the baby while she goes fuck some dude. And it's like, yeah, that's called being petty. His friend was like, wow, wow. I love how Barr's friends are always like, wow. Bar's friends know he's insane. So Barr thought she was just trying to wind him up, which I half agree with. Here's the thing I think Barr's totally in the wrong. He should have taken Holly. But then I do think that Ashley was pissed and was trying to, like, wind Barr up as a result. I think that this is the game they play where Barr is in the wrong. Then Ashley gets pissed and, like, pushes him even further. And then he explodes. And then she's like, well, why would you explode? <laughs> I think she likes the drama of it. So, she's back in the second episode, she's back from Ho- L.A. and Holly's with Barr. And she's acting like nothing happened. And that drives H- Ashley insane. And I am totally on Ashley's side here. She's like, I, she's talking to T, and T's like, Bar was just sad, and Ashley's like, I don't give a fuck. She's like, don't call, go on social media and call me a bitch and a hoe, but then be sad in real life. Like, I'm just not here for it. He can't just, like, come around and act like nothing happened, and we're gonna act like we're friends, and, like, he wasn't talking shit on me, and I get it. I agree. Uh, Bar goes out to eat with friends, and he said that he's maturing, so he just accepted it. He said, you know, I was mad for a little bit, but, like... I'm just moving on and maturing and I'm fine with Ashley now. (laughs) Classic, 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 classic. Um, I will say I didn't love when Ashley and T were talking and Ashley saying like, you need to say it to my face. You need to say it to my face. And T's like, yeah, he needs to say it to your face. I just feel like Ashley was, or T was acting a little bit too much like Ashley's friend in this moment and not enough like her mom. Not that I'm saying Ashley should drop it because I agree she shouldn't have to drop it, but like for, I think T was hyping her up a little bit, which I didn't personally love. So when Bark comes to drop off Holly, Ashley goes outside to meet him and, uh, Ashley like wants to talk about it and Bark's like, I let it go. (laughs) Which is a really funny thing to say. Like, I love the idea of someone like being awful to you, and then you're like, "So what's up? What, are we gonna talk about this?" And the other person's like, "Oh no, I've moved on from that." <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I haven't. So <laughs> Ashley is like, "Okay, so are you like gonna apologize?" And Bart's like, "No, I stood by everything I said." And Ashley's like, "So I'm a hoe?" And he's like, "I didn't say that." And she's like. You went on social media and said it. And then they're kind of talking over each other and it it was hard for me to hear. And also, they were ble... Okay, so Ashley was calling him my N-word. Like, basically calling Brizo her boyfriend. And Barb was calling him that too. Like, is that... I'll just say dude. Like, so that's your dude. That's your man. And she's saying, yeah, that's my man. But obviously, like, because they're using the N-word, MTV was bleeping it out and they were saying it every other word. So they were talking over each other and MTV was bleeping. So it was a little hard for me to follow, like, what exactly they were saying. Like, I understand, I obviously, like, from a lot, like, a rational point of view, like, I I understood the gist of their fight. But, like, it was getting a little lost in translation between them fighting over each other and MTV bleeping out every other word they were saying. I would like to get, let me tell you. One thing that I really liked about Love is Blind is hearing them curse and that their fighting when they were cursing wasn't bleeped out. And it was so much easier to follow all of the stuff. Like, it was just so much easier to follow their fights when they weren't bleeping out the cursing. And I really would have appreciated this scene, like, unedited. Which I think in the, like, in the, in the Europe, (laughs) I think in Europe they actually play the scenes without the bleeps because sometimes they'll get posted on Team Mom Reddit, like, clips. Like, I know, um, that fight at the reunion that Amber and Farrah had years ago will get posted sometimes without any of the bleeps in it, because I guess in some European countries or maybe all of them, they play it without the bleeps because they don't need to bleep stuff on TV over there, and they shouldn't have to do it over here if it's on cable after a certain time, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm not the FCC, so who gets to decide this? Not me. Um... So it was a little hard to follow, but basically, I think what Barr is saying is like, why would you bring Holly to just meet some guy? And Ashley's like, well, he's not some guy. He's my boyfriend. Like, he's my guy. He's my man. He's not just a guy. And Barr's like, okay, but like, you keep calling him your friend. You keep calling him your friend. And now he's not your friend. And she's like, nope, he's my boyfriend. And Ashley's like, so I can have Holly meet him because my boyfriend. And then Barr says Ashley's only fucking him because she wants clout. Now, if you remember, Brizo is a rapper. I'm going to check. I forget. Yes, he's a rapper. So, I guess if you're out there and you don't know what clout means, it basically means social media attention. Like, notoriety. Like, if you're fucking someone for clout, you're doing it so that you can get attention. Like, I would say Jaden, Brianna's boyfriend, is probably, like, with her for clout. Like, for the attention and the fame And the followers, like, that type of thing. So that's what Barr is accusing Ashley of doing. And Ashley's like, wow, go fuck yourself. And then she, like, starts twerking. (laughs) She just, like, she gets down and, like, does, like, a a quick little twerk and is like, I'm keep fucking him. (laughs) Which made me laugh. Ashley's funny. (laughs) He then calls her stupid. And she's like, I'm not stupid. I'm more educated than you are, which fair. She is, and I don't think Bar, I don't think she's more stupid than Bar. I don't think Ashley's stupid. I wouldn't use the word stupid to describe Ashley, ever. And Bar walks away, and Ashley's still yelling, and T makes him come, makes her go into the house, basically. And it's like, and Ashley's like, well, I need to keep talking to him. He called me stupid, and T's like, it's done. And that's a wrap on Ashley and Bar. Um, They were together last week for Bar's birthday, and saying, like, he's single, he's single, but, like, they're getting drunk and dancing on each other. And it's not so much that they're, like, out dancing and having fun. Like, although I do believe that they probably hooked up that night. Um, it's that, like, less than two months ago, Barr got arrested for domestic violence. And Ashley posted that he has a drink, like, a serious drinking problem. And then she is, like, out getting drunk with him on his birthday. And it's just, like, oh, the toxicity of it all. It's just so bad. And on to the Beavers, who had two incredible final episodes. If this is all we get from the Beavers, then, you know, I can complain because I'll miss them. But, like, what more could we ask for than a pregnant woman trying to fight her ex-boyfriend who's sleeping with her friend because she's worried that her ex-boyfriend is going to hit her friend? That's a masterpiece. Okay, so, episode... The first episode, of course, Rachel is pregnant again. She can't believe. Um, it's been a long time since Drew has seen Hazley, so she figured he was out of her life forever. <laughs> okay. And it was a huge shock to her when she found out he was hooking up with her best friend. <laughs> so Drew is with her best friend Jaden, the other Jaden. Jaden, I think maybe pregnant now. I would have to double check that, but I think Jaden's pregnant with Drew's baby now, just so we know. Um, she's not mad at Jaden anymore because she knows how, like, charming and convincing Drew is. And honestly, like, I just want to shout out Rachel for being a feminist queen. <laughs> she will not let a man stand in front of her, her and her best friend's friendship. And I respect that. Uh, Jaden is like, well, I thought you didn't want to be with him anymore. And Rachel's like, well, I didn't. But she is just concerned about Jaden getting her life ruined by Drew. <laughs> Uh, oh, We get a scene of Stephanie, Rachel, and Stephanie's boyfriend, who I think his name is Mike, but I have not been able to, like, commit his name into my brain for some reason, saying that Drew's a piece of shit. The Mike is like, well, I won't call him a piece of shit. He's just a kid, but they all think Drew's back on drugs and that he was doing good for a little bit, but now he's not, and they're really worried about Jaden I like that everybody's worried about Jaden. It's nice. It's honestly refreshing. Like, this storyline of Rachel's best friend getting with her ex-boyfriend and we're all just concerned about her best friend. That's great. (laughs) That's revolutionary television. (sighs) Oh, gosh. So they go to see the doctor and it's too early for an ultrasound. This doctor is a true peach. (laughs) She's like... So, Cody, planning on being around this whole pregnancy? You're going to support her through this? <laughs> oh, God. So, Rachel gets a text from Drew out of nowhere saying he wants to come over. Um, I said they need to subtitle Drew because it's hard for me to understand him. Drew seems very high. He seems very high. He was slurring and fucked up. And basically, he comes over and asks... When he can like see Hazley or pick Hazley up, and Rachel's like, "You can't have shit to do with Hazley. Like, you don't do anything for Hazley. You don't give me any money. You don't buy her diapers. You don't try and spend any time with her." And Drew's like, "Well, fuck you. Why'd you invite me over then?" And Rachel's like, "So I could tell you your piece of shit dad in person." <laughs> Rachel's like, "Cody's the dad now." <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It's iconic. Oh, God. Rachel's such a mess. So, Rachel's in the car with Cody and another friend and Hazley. And they're going to pick up Jaden, I guess. And Rachel's like, you know, I just miss Jaden. She's always with Drew. She's not acting the same. And they pull up to the house. Or, I don't know whose house it is. They didn't really, I don't think they specified whose house. And she was like, God damn it. Drew's still here. And she's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go cuss him out and gets out of the car. Cody and the other friends stay in the car and she go cut co- like Rachel goes to get Jaden and she's like you're always with him like why aren't you here like why aren't you ready to hang out and Jaden sounds high as fuck. She's like no, I want I want to hang out. And so Rachel kind of like pulls her out of the house and Drew follows them out and is like being really aggressive and he's like I swear to God, if you get in that car, basically, like, threatening Jaden if she dares to get in the car. And Rachel starts yelling, like, do something, do something, Drew, do something. And so Drew starts yelling, and then Cody gets out of the car, and is like, hey, dude, you need to back the fuck up. And Jaden kind of pushes Drew away, because then Drew goes at Cody, and Jaden, like, pushes him away to get back in the house. And Drew's like, get the fuck out of my crib. And Rachel's like, this isn't your house. Why are you saying it's your house? (laughs) Suddenly I realized MTV security is there because all of a sudden there's somebody kind of like separating them. And I realized he was like in khaki pants, black sneakers, a black polo shirt and a black hat. And I was like, oh, that's definitely a security guard. (laughs) Like He stood out like a sore thumb. And the guy kind of pushes Rachel away. And Rachel is really upset because Drew pulls Jaden back into the house. Like, go back into the house. And Rachel's like, so you're just going to get let Jaden get hurt? And I guess, like, I don't think they've said it implicitly that Drew used to beat up Rachel. But I guess that's, like, that's my takeaway is that Rachel knows that Drew beats up women. Like, that's my takeaway from this this conversation. They've talked about Mallory's ex-boyfriend being abusive. But I don't know if they've specifically talked about Drew, like, beating up Rachel. But I definitely got the impression that she was, like, had a real fear that Drew was going to beat up Jaden. Not just, like, oh, he's going to be such an asshole to her. So Rachel gets back in the car and she's, like, heated. And she's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not letting Jaden get hurt. And she runs. She just sprints. She opens the door of the car and runs Like a gazelle into the home. She runs so fast. And you just see... (laughs) You just see the security guard and Cody kind of, like, run after her. We can't see in the house, but eventually the security guard pulls her out of the house. Um, There's a second security guard there. And Cody is, like, livid. And he's like, you're going to hurt our goddamn baby over some stupid shit. And Rachel's like, that's my best friend. I can't let her get hurt. That's my best friend. And Cody's like, what kind of best friend is she? She's fucking your (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Cody's screaming like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, you know, I don't talk to you this way, but what the fuck is wrong with you? You know what? Like, I couldn't disagree. I really, like, I understood why Cody was that mad. Like, what, Rachel was going to go get her ass kicked while she was pregnant? No. Remember when Mackenzie McKee got into a fight when she was pregnant because Josh was, like, cheating on her in somebody else's house and then a lady came out and, like, dragged Mackenzie by her hair across the front porch while Josh just, like, sat inside? She was, like, six months pregnant when that happened. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh because it's bad, but also, like, that's insane. And that's what Rachel was trying to have happen. And basically, Cody is like, I can't believe you would fucking do that. And they go back to Rachel's house and... Rachel's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And Cody's like, okay, I'm not going to fight with someone to be with me. And he just, like, gets up and leaves. (sighs) Oh, God. In the second episode, Cody comes over to talk and he apologizes, which I thought was nice. I Guys, I like Cody. (laughs) I do believe Rachel and Cody are already broken up, but, like, I'm a fan of Cody. (laughs) Cody seems like a good person. Even at his maddest, like, he wasn't being that rude to Rachel <laughs> compared to some shit we see on this show. I like Cody. I can't help it. Um, I like that he was the first to apologize and was like, I shouldn't have spoken to you that way. And I also really like that Rachel, like, took his apology and was like, no, honestly, I wasn't in the right mindset. I blacked out. I honestly forgot I was pregnant. I was really wrong. I just thought, Wow. Are Rachel and Cody in a healthy relationship? <laughs> no. The answer, of course, is no. But I had a flash of that for a moment. <laughs> oh God! So Stephanie is like kind of panicking about Rachel and her future, and is like, Rachel, you need to get your GED. You need to get your license because all this is going to be so much harder once you have the baby. And Stephanie's or Rachel's like, well, you know. Cody and I are going to get a house before the baby's here, so it doesn't matter. And somebody's like, You probably will not be able to do that. And then the episode takes a sad turn. I mean, it was sad watching it. I think obviously Rachel was not ready to have a second child. And that in the end, it is a good thing she did not have a second child. But of course, this was very sad in that Rachel has bleeding and calls the doctor and goes in and. They couldn't find a heartbeat and she had a miscarriage uh Cody Cody was there right now I can't remember and I don't think I have him in my notes but he must have been there Stephanie was there crying her grandma was there and Rachel was obviously really upset um it was just sad like it's just sad like watching a miscarriage on TV is sad no matter no matter how poorly timed a baby is like I would never wish that on someone and it's just sad to see I will say I was like actually shocked (laughs) at Rachel's maturity in the wake of this. She asked the doctor, basically they're talking about the DNC that she has to get done after the miscarriage. And she asked the doctor, um, she's like, well, when I'm under, will you put an IUD in? And the doctor, you could tell the doctor was like, wow, yeah, okay. Rachel's like, okay, I want the IUD to go in when I'm under. I was like, fuck, Rachel, thank you. Like, It was crazy to just see like this immediate turn where she like was being so out of character out of character I can't out of characterly? That's not a word. But she was being really mature and it seemed very out of character for her and I was really happy for her. And then we get the scene of her talking to her grandma and remember her grandma raised her for most of her life. And Rachel's like, I just feel so bad because I thought about an abortion and now this is what happened. And her grandma's like, well, you know, you just have to trust that this is God's plan and that had absolutely nothing to do with this. And then Rachel, it's Rachel's like, you know, I just like, ever since I moved, I need to see you more. I miss you so much. And ever since I moved out of your house, like, all I do is make bad choices. She's like, my life just completely changed. I just make so many wrong decisions, and it was just so, it was just so sad. It was, like, such a sad ending for Rachel Beaver. I mean, it was, of course, in the end, like, that she wasn't going to bring another baby into this world, and she chose to get an IUD put in was a miracle that I get, it wasn't a miracle that she wasn't bringing another baby into this world, but it was definitely a miracle that she chose to get an IUD put in. It's obviously she can't be trusted with taking the pill, and I just, like... But when she was talking about her grandma and just, like, how... I just felt so sad for her because Rachel is such a product of her environment. And she kind of had a fighting chance with her grandma. But then her mom popped back up in the picture and she went back to live with her mom. And I think her life kind of fell apart. And that's sad as shit. So, yeah, that's it for Team Mom Young and Pregnant. Let's all take a moment of silence for Team Mom Young and Pregnant and, you know, if it's back, we'll rejoice, but we all need to mentally prepare for it leaving us. Anyway, I guess next week I'll do a throwback episode of some kind, and then in two weeks, Team Emoji will be back. So, yeah, that's it for this week's... What is the a show... <laughs> oh, my God. That's it for this week's Feathers My Hair. I'm Liz Bentley. This is a episode that is on the Solid Listen Network. And it's executive produced by Nicole Matthew and Molly McAleer. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. Bye.